good morning good morning everyone welcome back uh, today we'll be discussing chapter 24 on proverbs and proverbs 24 is talking about king solomon um how he warns us to protect others in harm or in danger of sin it says we are held responsible for what we know and what a powerful role uh, we have. And once you become wise, you need to be able to um, let others know um, what things that they might be doing that are incorrect. And um, it starts off by saying, do not be envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them. <laughs> For their heart devises violence, and their lips talk of troubling. Though wisdom is a house, builds a house, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So it's just saying, um, with the, you know, the wicked are evil. So be sure that you do not want to be around them. Their company is not good. So beware if you if you begin to desire their company. Their hearts plan violence and their lips talk about making trouble. And it's very important to be able to see these right away, these these things that people these habits that people might have it definitely helps us see it as a major red flag and remove yourself from the situation and that was verse 1 through 4 so I'm going to go ahead and read 11 through 12 which says deliver those who are drawn towards death and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, surely we did not know this, does not, does not he who weighs the hearts consider it? He who keeps your soul, does he not know it? And will he not render to each man according to his deeds? So he's just saying, um, no, we are to rescue those who are being led away to death or being misleaded and hold back those who are staggering towards the slaughter and we can't once we become wiser we can't say we did not know about this um, you know it will weigh in our hearts and you know God sees our hearts so when you are trying to fight something your heart is telling you to do doesn't matter how awkward that might be like we are still held responsible for those things if we have the opportunity that it doesn't mean you're to judge them because a lot of people think well you know what if I tell somebody you shouldn't be doing that then I would be judging them and it's not judging if it's someone you care about I mean we care about everybody we should care about all people as as believers but it's just as if you if you saw somebody looking for a coffee shop 
and they're walking around in circles trying to find it and you know it's to the right now if you walk up to that person and say hey that coffee shop that you're looking for it's to your right are you judging them by being lost are you calling them a fool by saying hey i see that you can't find the place it's over to your right you're not you're not judging them you're not doing any of these things you are simply seeing someone who is lost and giving them direction now it's up to them if they want to go to on to the right and find that coffee shop or if they want to continue circling that's completely up to them you, but you have now gave them that choice hey it's to your right now that will weigh on their heart now they know to go right to find the place that they keep circling for now if they don't listen to themselves and actually go right they will continue to find themselves lost and we'll always think about, oh, I remember what that person told me. It was to the right. At what point am I going to actually just make a ride and see if it's there? Like, how, how bad does it hurt for me to check? So this is what, the, what God says. If we know someone who is lost, who are doing things they shouldn't, it's not your job to change them, but it is your job to tell them what way they should go. Now, if you are afraid that a relationship... Um, may be damaged because you told them that then that relationship was not meant to be there from the beginning so just be aware of your own feelings when your heart tells you when God puts something in your heart you will feel it it's a tug it's like you almost can't get away from 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 that thought and that feeling until you do it so yeah just just um, be aware when you are feeling these things in your heart. You're not judging anyone. And then verse 15, which says, Do not lie in wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Do not plunder his resting place. For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. Um, so verse 16. Uh, so that, that verse is just really saying, oh, I started reading on 15, you know. It's just, don't, it says here, <clears throat> do not lie in wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Do not plunder his his resting place so don't sneak up on a house of the righteous like a thief and steal from them it's kind of what it's saying you know a lot of thieves ponder upon houses they stake out they watch what you're doing they if there's this is a house that they're trying to get into they're watching what goes on in that house and it says, for a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. So, because the righteous fall seven times, but get up, the wicked trip, when they fall, they stay. It says they fall by calamity. Like, bad things happen to them when they fall. And I'm going to go ahead and skip right on to the last verse 30 through 34 
which says, I went by the field of the lazy man, and by the vineyard of the man, devoid of understanding, and there it was, all overgrown, with thorn, its surface was covered with needless, its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. And it just says the... When I was reading these verses, I was... It's amazing how everything just makes you think about those moments of when you've been in those situations. Like for me, it says, like, I I went past the vine field of a sluggard, of a lazy person. Past the vineyard of someone who has sense. So the thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds and the stone wall was in ruins. I applied my heart to what I observed and learned a a lesson from what I saw. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come to you like a thief, and scarcity like an armed man. So when I read these Bible verses, my Bible is the King James Version, and I also look them up in in NIV when I can make sense of them. So... Looking up on the NIV, I more see of, you know, there's where it's saying like there's thorns everywhere. The ground is full of weeds and stones. The wall is broken. Like the place that you have is not being taken care of. So this lazy person is just so caught up in his laziness and does not know how to take care of anything. So, I can say that for a while, when I was in my depression, well, I'm not going to say mine because it's not mine, it's the enemy's, but when I was dealing with depression, I was very careless. I didn't care how the outside of my house looked. The kids used to go out there and just take everything and leave it outside they would take shoes clothes they'll leave their sweaters outside their shoes toys and I would they would leave it there I'll notice it weeks later I I wouldn't go outside and pick it up I'll have them do it kids go outside pick up maybe one thing out of what you told them to and leave everything else so my home became to get dirty outside. It, I was not taking care of anything. I was more in, in a situation of, I don't have the energy to do so. I don't care if this house looks dirty outside. Like, I'm, you know, I don't go outside. It doesn't bother me. But that's not the point. My, something my mom always taught me, and I always remembered every time I had a mess, I would get convicted. My mom used to say, if you want to know if there's just, if the enemy is present, it's, um, 
by seeing how dirty someone's house how dirty it is or their room my mom used to come in the room and, and used to see like a pile of clothes and she used to say you need to put that away before snakes get in there I said like how are snakes gonna be get in there but she used to say I need you to clean that up and I I would be lazy to do it I'll fold my clothes or however but I, I wasn't as dirty as a child as I got to be an adult. I became more dirty because now I didn't have anybody telling me when to clean, where to clean, or however. I mean, I still had my stuff put together. But then when I got with, you know, with my ex, he was very dirty. And it just, it was... A mess, and sometimes I used to hear how he used to complain about the house being dirty, and how he would visit other people, and their houses were clean. And I, w- I would just think, how dare you even say these things when you make the majority of the mess? It was crazy. But um, she was so right when she used to say pick up that pile of clothes because there might be a snake in there before a snake gets in there that was her way of kind of saying don't let it get too bad before you know you get attacked I don't know if you guys have ever noticed but when you start feeling good when you start feeling energized and stuff like that you tend to clean because cleanliness brings to you you know, a good vibe, a good sense. It's like if you were to go to a hotel to go spend the night because you're traveling, would you choose a hotel that is dirty? Probably not your own vacation. The last thing you want to stay at is at an ugly hotel that is dirty. You are willing to pay the price to stay at a clean, nice, well, modern hotel. Because the vibe, the feelings that you're going to get off of being in that place is going to make you feel good. And the same thing is with your home. You, If you are feeling a little depressed, start looking around at what you need to improve. Is there a mess? Is there things that you probably need to go through and maybe get rid of? Start analyzing what do you need to do in order to remove, <clears throat> remove all of the mess that you have in your house. And when I was uh, working as a mental health case manager, they used to tell us to, when we would go and check on our clients, we'd have to meet face-to-face. Sometimes we can do um, small meetings over the phone, just little check-ins, but meet with them face-to-face. And the reason was when you meet a person face-to-face, you are able to tell if they are feeling good or if they're off, you are also able to tell if they are struggling mentally by the way their apartment looks. So I used to have to go and meet with the clients and if it was dirty, I would have to let them know, hey, your apartment looks dirty. Um, and we would have a small talk and we would discuss if you need um I'm going to give you a week to kind of pick up. 
But if you need help, we can set up an appointment and we'll come and clean the apartment together. And the reason why we would do that is because we were trying to increase um, their health, their mental health. We would try to make them feel better. So by allowing a client to stay in a dirty apartment, we were kind of um, allowing them to be in a state of mind that was only just going to bring them down and more down. So I learned that from work. So kind of putting it all together when my mom would tell me, you know, clean up because the snakes will, the snakes are going to see that pile and get comfortable in there. And she used to say, well, there's a dirty house. You know, the enemy is present. You can just tell the the amount of uh, demonic um, spiritual warfare that there is in a home by how dirty and cluttered it is. And that has always stuck with me, always, always. So there is times I begin to see, like even my car, I begin to see it dirty and I just know I need to start cleaning immediately because I don't want that feeling. And it happens and when you start seeing your car cluttered and cluttered, it's a frustration feeling and with me I'm always telling the kids you guys need to just get your clothes stop leaving your stuff in my car and again I tell them but then 9 out of 10 times they do not listen there's one specific time that if I say well if you guys get your stuff out of my car I will give you something as soon as we walk in the house then they will do it so again it's just a matter of maybe having the right thing to say to these kids so yeah so I'm gonna go ahead and let you guys go those were the last verses again um that verse 30 through 34 is what reminded me of my experience the lazy man in the in the vineyard take care of what you have Because a little sleep and a little slumber will eventually become a habit. So just make sure you are aware of these things and be very cautious of who you surround yourself with. Negative, um, Negative people corrupt good morals. So be blessed, you guys. Um, I will see you guys here tomorrow. Bye.